Poor Ben is still suffering in silence, as people continue to mistake his lack of engagement and attempts at masking his laziness or carelessness, and as a result make him feel even worse. And we even got a little callum today to contrast against that. Before we even see Ben, we've got Kat refusing the package he's told her to expect, that is, until prison visiting hours arrive and Phil asks her to do it for him, to ensure his safety while he's inside. Kat goes from insisting she needs to know what's in everything that comes through to her legit business, to telling Phil she doesn't want to know what's in this package but she'll take it on after all. Oh Kat, just pick a lane. Ben comes into the cafe, just like he did on Monday, with the same air of aimlessness. I mentioned him leaving the cafe without getting anything in the last episode, and he does the same here. Maybe it is meant to be symbolic. Especially as we have Kathy at the counter this time, ready to make Ben a full English breakfast because he looks like he needs it, asking where he's been. Kat, Lola and now Kathy, three is a pattern as they say. Ben makes the barest of commitments with a noise of agreement, but when Kathy starts talking about the new plaza on the square, he can't bring himself to engage with the conversation. He looks around him for something, anything, and spots Suki as Kathy goes into a rant about the millennial agenda. I get the feeling that he didn't expect to see Kathy there at the counter, let alone have her ask about where he's been, fleeting as it was. He doesn't seem to want to engage with anyone in a way that might cause him to unravel the very delicate mask he's got on. Even things like change, i.e. the new area of the square, is too much uncertainty. So he sees Suki at the table and thinks of it as an opportunity to be normal, with a predictable conversation that definitely won't be about him. Or so he hopes. It starts off well enough, Ben asking how Kirit is holding up with a little joke about how it's not the first time he's had a business partner end up inside. It reminds me of the comment he made to Callum about Stuart doing chance at his holistic retreat, making light conversation about the wrong things due to an emotional detachment. Because of the fact he's faking it, the light and shade of his interactions are gone, I think, so if he can't have a certain amount of distance using snark, then he flounders. We see it here, when Suki gives him pause by commenting that it would be nice for Kira to have a business to come back to. She's noticed the arches has been opening late and asks if Ben's had something else better to do. Yet another reference to him being out, and if three's a pattern then I don't even know what four is. Ben tries to keep a defiant face on, but it wavers. As for snark, there's none of that to be found. Suki's gone off script by talking about Ben and his coping mechanisms. Except to her, and everyone else, it's just classic Ben, who doesn't care about anything. And he's not about to correct her because I guess it's easier to have everyone assume he's going out because he's irresponsible and putting himself before other commitments rather than notice he's struggling to keep it together. It's both subtle and blindingly obvious, and I quite like that, how the show have struck a balance. He's masking, and the other characters aren't noticing but we know because we've seen all these interactions and hints. Suki advises him to stop burning the candle at both ends, intended to be a reference to his all-nighters, but really quite on the nose about all this energy Ben is expending just to cope. Because what happens when the candle runs out? I feel like Ben might be wondering the same thing, and it's enough for him to lose his appetite, if he had any in the first place. Cute that Kathy cut the toast into soldiers though. It's like it's become Ben's comfort food, considering Callum made it as well after his cancelled implant operation, so on some level Kathy might possibly be picking up that something is wrong. As Ben leaves the cafe, he crosses the road that Tommy is walking down with Lily just before he's accosted by his bullies again. It could just be your standard scene transition, but to me it also felt like a visual reminder of the link he has to Tommy, 
a young boy who's filled with anger at his tormentors, anger that Phil taught him to feel. He's about two seconds away from pulling out the knife he still got stashed in his bag, only just losing his nerve, this time. Earlier in the episode, we saw Zach suggest to Nancy that they invite a few people round to the Vic to remember Tina, people who knew her and meant something to her. And it turns out Callum is indeed one of those people. It's quite a select group actually, Callum, Sonia, who used to be in a relationship with Tina, and Kim, who had Tina and Sonia as acting midwives for Pearl's birth in the Vic during the 30th anniversary episode. And it's that story she's recalling in this scene, as Callum and the others laugh at the description of Tina's smiling face popping up as Kim's giving birth. They're interrupted by Mick and Shirley arriving back, Shirley having made a remarkable recovery after having her head bashed in by Gray last week. But as we know, that's the way in E. When Mick asks what's going on, Sonia explains that Zach got them together to talk about Tina, to remember her properly. Callum asks Shirley how she's feeling while Zach suggests they join the rest of them. It's all overwhelming for poor Cheryl, and it's even worse than rage, it's just sadness when she declines the offer and walks away. Mick soon follows, once Nancy explains the reasoning behind it, how they wanted to talk about the person they loved rather than the man that did it to her. Zach feels bad then, but Callum is the one to assure him that it was a good idea, it's just that Mick and Shirley are in a bad place and probably not ready to take part in something like this. And obviously this is about Tina, but I can't help but notice that in this scene we've got Callum taking part in a community gathering while Ben is wandering about by himself, trying to stay numb and detached so he can continue to pretend everything is fine, especially since he doesn't seem to be doing anything in particular and so could have joined Callum. He might be out all night to avoid having to sleep, but I'm sure part of it is also to avoid Callum too, perhaps going out before Callum and returning after him. The point of him faking it is that people aren't supposed to notice, and it's not a slight on Callum if he doesn't either, maybe he will, but he's got other distractions going on too. In fact pretty much all the other characters who've had a go at Ben have been distracted with other things, no one's looking too closely. Still, it was nice to have Callum there remembering Tina and interacting with Shirley, even if it was brief. Despite saying she didn't want to know what was in Phil's package, all right, pipe down, when it's delivered a second time, curiosity gets the better of Kat and she takes a peek inside. Of course, it's a gun. She runs outside only to see the dodgy delivery guy drive off on his moped, and Ben happens to be walking past as well. He rounds the corner, sees Kat with the package in her hand and deduces that she's changed her mind after all, presumably after speaking to Phil. She asks him if he knew what was in the package, and Ben responds that he could hazard a guess. I think we all could have, really. He grins at her and I don't even think he's trying to antagonize, it's just that it comes off as insincere because it's not coming naturally to him, and not to mention the fact that Kat can't stand to see him anyway because it feels like an I told you so, and she's stressed about what she's been tasked with holding and so lashes out at Ben for wandering around with that smug grin on his face. Ben starts off by saying that same thing, that she's lashing out, taking it out on him. And she is. But the more she lays into Ben the more you can see him deflating her words landing how she intends them to. It's things that he fears himself, about being useless, about not looking out for his dad or being there for him. It links back to the attack, with Kat referencing the reason she's been landed with Phil's businesses, which Ben offered to help with, by the way, but got a similar amount of abuse in response, but also further back than that, the notion that he's failed his dad. Back to childhood, in fact. Ben reminds Kat that Phil didn't want him involved with it anymore, and Kat makes that out to be Ben's fault, 
pointing out the smell of booze. It feels like a direct line being drawn between Ben drinking slash being out all night and the way he was after the attack which made Phil decide not to give him the businesses. And if he's drinking during the day, or heavily enough the night before that it can be smelt the next day, then he's doing it to numb himself. But Kat doesn't seem to have made the connection that Ben is actually struggling, either that or she's too annoyed and stressed out to care. She asks Ben what he's even doing with his life, and it's a pointed end to the scene as we linger on Ben's face after Kat walks off, and all the kudos to Max for that face, which is pain and sadness breaking through that paper-thin mask of bravado. I wasn't too sure about whether they were going anywhere with these hints about Ben not being okay, but the last two episodes especially seem clear to me that they are. It's meant to be they're hiding in plain sight, Ben's trying to fake it to us, the audience, as well, which I reckon is why it's being shown this way, the comments from other characters about his irresponsible behavior because it's an inconvenience to them, but us knowing that there's something lying underneath it. I think it's being played really well at the moment, with Ben slowly losing his grip on things around him. To quote former producer DTC, it's awful and therefore good.